Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority and the completion of his work. Hebrews 12, 1-2 Hallelujah to Jesus. Uh, I want to welcome you to a glorious week glorious week in the land of the living we celebrate god for his mercy we celebrate god for his protection and we bless him for his favor uh, it's my prayer that the lord will keep preserving us until we fulfill destiny in the name of jesus uh, we are still continuing our cloud of witnesses uh, series that's the theme for the year we have considered some uh, in the past week we have considered some authors of great aims we've learned some lessons for their life i mean from their lives and uh, this week we're going to be continuing in that same way so for this uh, for this week we'll be learning from the author of uh, when i survey the wondrous cross when i survey the wondrous cross is a uh, is a popular hymn especially among christians so it's a popular hymn uh, in church when i survey the wondrous cross uh, that's actually composed by isaac watts so we're going to be learning some lessons from the life of Isaac Watts, the composer of When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross. Isaac Watts learned Latin at age 5, Greek at 9, French at 11, and when he was 12, he mastered Hebrew. Isaac Watts learned Latin at the age of 5, he learned Greek at 9, French at 11, and when he was 12, he mastered Hebrew. His habit of spontaneously making rhymes as he spoke drove his father to distraction. Watts grew up to be a non-conformist cleric and eventually wrote over 600 hymns. Today, he is known as the father of English hymnody. Watts wrote, When I survey the wondrous cross when he was 34 years old. Our British poet Matthew Arnold called it the greatest hymn in the English language. The hymn's powerful images and strong emotion combined with his author's pure devotion to God. Uh, the blend is a strengthening tonic for a believer's faith. Watt wrote the hymn as he was preparing to take, uh, to take of the Lord's Supper, a practice central to the Christian faith, because it memorializes Christ's work of redemption through his death on the cross, the single most significant act in human history. The second verse of, the, of this moving hymn expresses the centrality of the death of Jesus Christ in a believer's life. Uh, the hymn, I mean, the second verse reads, Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. The second verse of this hymn states, Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, Save in the death of Christ my God, 
all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. The Lord's Supper is a reminder of the vast importance of Christ's death. And Isaac Watts said that Christ's death expresses love so amazing, so divine. It is really beyond words. Yet, the words of uh, Watts aim when I survey the wondrous cross are a superb attempt to express the power of the cross and Jesus Christ crucified. As we consider the life of Isaac Watts, the author of um, When I Surveyed the Wondrous Cross, as we just heard, the very first thing that comes to mind is it takes a meditative and a grateful heart to ponder the great sacrifice Jesus made in order to rescue us from sin and restore us back to fellowship with our Maker. The very first thing that comes to mind from the life of Isaac Watts is that it takes a meditative and a grateful heart to ponder the great sacrifice Jesus made in order to rescue us from sin and restore us back to fellowship with our maker just like it was in Eden, in the Garden of Eden before the fall. And like what? Thinking about this should want us to... It should, it should want to make us sing to the Lord. When you think about the sacrifice of Jesus, when you really, really survey the wondrous cross of Jesus, when you think about the sacrifice, when you think about what Jesus Christ went through just for the salvation of mankind, it should make somebody to want to sing to the Lord, just like it was in the case of uh, Isaac Watts. And that's what leads me to this question. In what ways do you appreciate the cross of Jesus? In what ways? You have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You are born again. You are enjoying the gift and the benefit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you hear the voice of God uh, through His Word. You have been walking with the Lord. You know that there's no way Christianity will be made possible without the cross of Jesus. So in what ways do you as a person appreciate the cross of Jesus? In what ways? Because what Isaac was did was just his own attempt to appreciate the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, like 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 the story read, he wrote that when he was preparing uh, for communion, he just wondered what Jesus Christ patri just did. The reality of the sacrifice just done on him, and it led him to sing that song to the glory of Jesus. So, in what way or in what ways are you appreciating the cross of Jesus? In what ways? In what in what ways? Because 
you know, somebody has said, and I quote, Jesus didn't die as a martyr. Jesus did not die on the cross for what he believed. You know, a martyr dies for what he or she believes. They refuse to give up and they die. That's, that's, that's what it means to be martyr. But for Jesus Christ, he wasn't a martyr, he was a sacrifice. Jesus was a sacrifice. He said, no man take my life away from me. I lay it down. Meaning Jesus could not be killed if he did not want to die. He chose to die for our salvation. And that cross was not, there was nothing interesting about it. It was a shameful crucifixion. It was a shameful death. That's why that Hebrews 12 that we read, it says Jesus Christ, you know, he despised the shame, meaning shame was present. Shame was present. Do you know what it means to crucify the Lord of glory in broad daylight? The one who has the power to do the impossible. As a matter of fact, God himself in human form crucified just to rescue us from our sins. Sitting down and just meditating about that alone should make somebody to want to praise God. She want she make somebody to want to say, Jesus, thank you. At least the very least, she said, Jesus, thank you for your cross. That's why I say, when I survey, when I survey the wondrous cross of Jesus, it, you know, it takes, it takes a meditative heart to think about what Jesus passed through just for your salvation and the salvation of mankind. So in what ways are you appreciating the cross of Jesus? Or is the cross of Jesus just a normal thing to you? Do you think Jesus just died? You know, after all, he's the Savior. He was going to die anyway. Is that the way it works? Or you are really grateful that Jesus took your place on that cross? That the penalty for your sin, he took it from you so that you can enjoy freedom. He suffered so that you will not suffer. He was beaten so that you will not be beaten. You will not, you know, Bible says, by his stripes you are healed. He was beaten for your own transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. He took all those punishments, all those penalties, all those disgrace just to set you free. Somebody should say, thank you, Jesus. Okay? When you think about your salvation, you want to learn to appreciate the cross of Jesus. That's the very first thing that I want us to take note of from uh, the life of Isaac Watts with regard to composing when I survey the wondrous cross. Secondly, the, the, this particular hymn, this hymn is a public confession of where Isaac Watts stands with regard to the cross of Jesus. Isaac Watts composed this hymn and the hymn is a public confession of where he's where he stood because he's in past now Isaac Watts wanted everyone to know his stand when it comes to the cross of Jesus it was not it was not a secret hymn it was a public confession public declaration public acknowledgement public identifying with publicly identifying with the cross of Jesus have you been to the cross if yes do people around you know you belong to Jesus? If you are listening to me now, I'm asking you a question. Are you born again? Have you been to the cross? Have you been washed by the blood of Jesus? If the answer is yes, that means you are saved. Thank God for your life. The next question is, how many people around you know you belong to Jesus? How many? The people in your life, do they know where you belong? The people in your office, the people in your business place, the people in your community, the people around you, do they know that you belong to Jesus? Or you are a secret disciple? Or you are a Nicodemus who comes at night 
so that nobody will see you that you are following Jesus. If you have been to the cross, how many people around you know that you belong to Jesus? And how many people have come to learn about the cross of Jesus through you? How many people? How many people can say, what I know about Jesus now is because of my interaction with brother A or sister B? How many people can say they have come to know or to learn about the cross of Jesus through you? You remember Jesus Christ says, anyone who is ashamed of him on earth, he will also be ashamed of him in heaven before his father. If you are a, you are, you are a secret Christian, because Christian, Christianity is not cultism. There's nothing secret about it. There's no, no secretive activity. There's nothing about Christianity that has to do with secrets. It's not a secret cult. If you believe in Jesus, you should confess it publicly. And that's why that's why we do water baptism. It's a public declaration that you belong to Jesus. When a man and a woman, when they get married, when 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 when, when a man marries a woman or a woman marries a man, when they get married, sometimes they, they exchange uh, vows, they exchange rings. You see them in, in front of many people, probably in church, in court, or wherever they are doing it. You see them exchanging vows publicly. They don't go to one room, you know, they close the door, they quickly say, I love you, I love you, I will stay by you, I will stay by you, I will nurture you in sickness, you know, and they come out and they say, hey, guys, let's go, let's celebrate, we have exchanged the vow. They exchange that vow in the presence of people, committing to each other with people listening as witnesses that this man is declaring that he will love this woman and vice versa and jesus christ is the groom the church is the bride so you cannot say you belong to jesus christ and you are hiding your wedding ring how can you say you are married and you are hiding your wedding ring something is wrong is that you is it that you are ashamed of your spouse or you want to commit adultery because when some people want to commit adultery, they hide their ring. And that's the way it is in Christianity. If you cannot publicly declare where you stand when it comes to Jesus, you are a candidate for spiritual adultery. You will follow other gods. You will commit sin. You will. It's a law. You cannot hide your relationship with Jesus and escape opportunities to commit sin. Because it is, it is when you publicly acknowledge that you belong to Jesus. Even that alone gives you a consciousness of sanctity, a consciousness of sanctification, a consciousness of consecration, a consciousness of holiness, a consciousness that hey, in this office, I am a Christian. I cannot be the one that will be leading rebels. I cannot be the one that will be telling lies. I cannot be the one that will be doing this or doing that. It, it, it's a kind of a divine immunity, divine insurance. It, it puts you in a situation where you are conscious of who you are with. And you can't behave anyhow. You cannot behave anyhow. You cannot. Can you just imagine that you have just told every probably you just finished speaking with some, to somebody about Jesus Christ and uh, something happened in your office or probably something happens in your school and the thing is, uh, you know, probably something sinful, you know, a kind of a rebellious activity and they say, who is the leader? They say, it's you. The person you just finished speaking to about Jesus will be confused 
But you were the one telling me that, you know, Jesus loves peace, Jesus is righteousness, Jesus is that. Ah, you, how come you are the one destroy, disturbing the peace of the, of the company? How come you are the one that is the rebel leader? How? You just told me that Christians should not tell lies. How, how is it that you are the one telling all these lies all around that I'm hearing? How many people around you know that you belong to Jesus? And how many people have come to learn about Jesus through you? Isaac Watts composed a hymn to tell everybody where he stands concerning Jesus Christ. What are you doing to make everyone around you know you belong to Jesus? The Bible says, let your light, in fact, it's even Jesus who says, says to himself, say, let your light so shine before men. Let it so shine brightly, clearly before men so that they can, they can glorify your father. They can, they can glorify your father in you. Let your light so shine before men so that people can say, ah, this person is indeed a child of God. Everybody, everybody is doing this, is not doing it. Uh, do you know the glory? Do you know the glory that comes with somebody coming to you and say, I've been watching you. Please, where do you worship? Where's your church? I've been watching you. Can you tell me about your Jesus? I love, I love what I see in your life. Can you tell me about your Jesus? Can you tell me about what you believe? Can you tell me about this Jesus that has made you so peaceful? Everybody is running at Tasketa. Everybody is bending corners. Everybody is falsifying figures. But you just, you just keep, you are practicing integrity. There's something about you. Can you tell me about this, your Jesus? Are you shining your light where you are? You are hiding your light that don't let anybody know I'm a Christian so that you can commit adultery. Because that's why you are removing your wedding ring. It's very important you learn this as we, uh, even as I begin to round up. Let people around you know that you belong to Jesus. Do not be ashamed of the cross of Jesus because Jesus died for you without being ashamed. And it's not fair if you are now being ashamed of him. All right? And there's even a consequence. If you're ashamed of him, he will also be ashamed of you before his father in heaven he says to himself. And now many people have come to know or to learn about Jesus from you. Don't hide your salvation. Don't hide what you know about Jesus. Let people know. Write it in a tract. Compose a hymn. Type, I mean, uh, print it on your shirt. Wear one face cap like that. You know, wear one handband. Write it anywhere. Play, paste it anywhere. You have, a, you have an office chair. You have an office table. Put, uh, put it anywhere. Just be, be proud of Jesus. Identify with him and give others the opportunity to come to learn about him through you i put it to you as i close and unconfessed faith is no faith at all you say you have faith in jesus christ you have faith in the cross of christ and you do not confess that faith it is not faith at all and unconfessed faith is not faith at all it's my prayer that the grace to identify with jesus the grace to cause others to learn about jesus through you may that grace rest upon you mightily in the name of jesus and uh, the very first step you are going to take if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, all I've been saying so far, they, have, you know, they mainly concern people who have given their life to Jesus. So if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do so now. You need Jesus. He, he paid the price for your sin and you have to just accept him into your life so that his sacrifice will not be in vain over your life. So if you want to do that now, say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, 
Say, dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of your saving grace. I am a sinner in need of your saving grace. Please wash away all my sins. Please wash away all my sins with your precious blood. I declare today that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for my redemption. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word today. We give you glory, honor, and adoration for sending us your word. When we survey the wondrous cross, we are full of gratitude. We are saying thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thanks for everything you have to pass through for our salvation. Lord, accept our thanks in the name of Jesus. The grace, Lord Almighty, to identify with you publicly. The grace to live a life that constantly appreciates the sacrifice released upon us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for all my listeners through these ones. Let others come to learn about Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. And for your children who have surrendered their lives to, uh, to Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you accept them in the beloved. Write their names in the book of life. Let the grace and the boldness to publicly identify with Jesus. Let it rest upon these ones in the name of Jesus. As your children, I pray, I mean, as your children, I pray that Lord, the grace to not be ashamed and not to be ashamed of Jesus wherever we find ourselves so that you too will not be ashamed of us even before your father. We pray that that grace rest upon us in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. Return all the glory to you. In Jesus' mighty and unfailing name we have prayed. Amen.